0: Welcome to the Jax Rangers Show, a New England free Jax fan podcast.
1: And now, Rangers, here's your host, Phil Harris. Zah rangers this is phil harris here at the jack's Rangers show broadcasting from the granite outpost in beautiful manchester new hampshire we are continuing to ride along through the long off season i did want to go ahead and welcome you to episode 53 we're calling this one rewind slash evolve we're Rewinding back to last season, talking with utility back for the Free Jacks, Mitch Wilson, and also flanker for the Free Jacks, Justin Johnson. Seeing what they've been up to in the offseason, but also asking them about last season for the Jacks and the evolve portion of this episode. We caught up with Connor Keys, who has been traded to the Free Jacks from Atlanta, the starting lock for Atlanta for the past three years in MLR. He represents the evolving philosophy of the Free Jacks. And bringing in more high-quality domestic players, so we've got those three episodes lined up for you here. We'll go Mitch Wilson, Justin Johnson, and then finally Connor Keys. Keep in mind, this episode and every episode of the Jacks Rangers show is, is brought to you by our friends at Storm Along American Hard Cider. Respect the apple is their motto, and their ciders are always made with 100% high-quality, fresh-pressed, locally sourced apples from orchards across New England. Find Storm Along Hard Cider in stores, bars, and restaurants across New England. Check out the locator on their website, stormalong.com, to find locations near you. Also use promo code TJRS for 10% off your first online order at their website, stormalong.com. Get their cider delivered right to your door or check out their locator to find locations where you can find Stormalong near you. Let's get right into the episode here. Kick that mule, baby. Woo! Música Huzzah, Rangers this is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers show I am joined with Iron Man Mitch Wilson this is the storm along unfiltered interview that we have with him Mitch how the hell are
2: you I'm very good I'm very good thanks for having me on it's uh, good to be back on for my second time now so
1: yeah we are um, happy to have you on um, how's your offseason been it's been good
2: um, I had a bit of a I went away straight after the season with um, mm-hmm. The Eagles and was on tour for about three weeks there with them, and then after that was back in Boston for about three weeks, and then went and did uh, the Jesters um, yeah. out in Colorado and and had a bit of fun playing a bit of sevens, and then um, we've been training, just yeah, back in Boston the past few weeks, and um, managed to get down to Florida as well, and then um, we'll be taking off again on Sunday, um, uh, heading into a two week camp back with the Eagles again, so.
1: That's awesome.
2: Yeah, so been been pretty busy, which is um, which is good actually, and you know, Absolutely. some fun fun opportunities as well. So,
1: that's great. Yeah, it sounds like it's been pretty busy for you, but also at the same time, I'm getting some rugby in, so that's great. Yeah, um, exactly. I went to a concert last night in Boston. It's the first time in a long time, so that kind of got me thinking. I, my I, I always ask my girlfriend, like just as a joke, like, what should I ask whatever player that I have on? And she was like ask him what type of music he listens to so that's going to be my question to you the 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 second one here yeah. what type of music do you listen to you uh, to do you listen to and also are you a music prior to the game kind of guy to get yourself psyched up
2: yes um, so I, I like a lot of music i enjoy um, rap i enjoy um, some some rock mm-hmm. i enjoy like deep house music okay um, Prior to games, I do listen to music. I actually listen to like, um, I I enjoy listening to reggae before a game, or just chill chill music. Actually, try and keep it quite chill before before a game. So or like some um, house music, but just chill house music. If that makes sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like crazy. So yeah. Interesting. I would think that, you know, most rugby players would be more, you know, into like the hardcore stuff prior to a game. But I guess like, yeah, I can, I can kind of see like if you're listening to relaxing music, music it kind of gets your mind um, just ready for a game, I guess, uh, yeah. as well.
2: Yeah. I mean, every player is different. Uh, sure. Definitely yeah. have teammates to listen to some heavy some heavy music as well
1: so. yeah. yeah i used to listen to like a lot of death metal and stuff like that prior to games so that was my yeah that was yeah. my go-to's yeah not really what yeah, i listen to not. nowadays but yeah that's what i yeah for sure um you, just kind of i know you mentioned florida a moment ago that you you took a trip down there your girlfriend's dad is a big fan of the show and a true badass he is on the swat team for nasa that are not you know for the folks uh, who are not aware uh <laughs> were you nervous meeting him for the first time with uh with his resume
2: absolutely yeah of course i was (laughs) how could
1: i not be but um no we
2: get along great and um yeah joey he's he's the man i'm actually wearing the um the nasa swat t-shirt right here so very cool big shout out to joey and he is a big fan of the podcast so he is listening to this
1: uh, yeah, I sure, certainly hope so. I'm sure if he's not watching right now live that he'll catch it at some point in the future when we Yay. post it. So uh, we did a, um, a shirt exchange with him as well. So I've got a really badass uh, NASA SWAT team shirt. So yeah, got to uh, crack that thing open pretty soon. Um, Let's talk about, uh, you've lived in some big cities, you know, in the previous episode that we've had you on, you talked about where you've lived, um, so far in your life, you know, Sydney, Orlando, Atlanta, because of life. Right. And also Boston, the Boston area. Give us a ranking from best to worst. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, They're all great cities,
2: Uh, um, but they all have pros and cons, um, look, I love Boston. Um. So Boston number one. Smart man. Obviously, Yeah. Yep. Um yeah. Oh, well, sorry. Probably uh, Sydney as well. I yeah, okay. I forgot that Sydney was a part of it. But to be honest, I didn't live in the city in Sydney. I was a bit outside the the city. So Okay. Yep. Um so yeah, I really enjoyed my time up here in Boston. And mm-hmm. look, yeah, Sydney, Atlanta, Orlando, they're all great cities. I can't I can't rank them. It's a very
1: diplomatic answer yeah there, Mitch. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> fair <laughs> enough fair enough uh you know we we've got a lot of nicknames for you there's a lot of been nicknames that have been thrown around we like iron man here at this show but do you have a preference for uh the nickname
2: no nah, i think that's that's a great nickname um but i'll let you guys decide honestly fair enough
1: all yeah, right iron, iron man's great perfect uh what is hmm. you know something that would people would be surprised to learn about you uh any like factoids that people should know that aren't aren't aware um no not
2: this i feel like there's not too much that people don't know already um mm-hmm. yeah uh yeah i don't i don't really know to be honest um, no
1: no you're not like a secret star trek fan or something like that no <laughs> no i
2: i actually don't watch too many movies um yeah tough question actually um yeah i enjoy traveling i enjoy traveling that's something okay. I, you know obviously you know just been down in florida and back up here and mm-hmm. you know been in denver twice already this summer we will be heading back right. there next week um you know i've i've been able to live in you know four different cities like you said earlier and mm-hmm. um yeah i think that's something that i want to continue to do and explore the world so i guess that's something that people may not know about me um there you go. Yeah, but no, no, not a fanboy of any big movies or anything like that, or yeah, diehard fan or anything. So,
1: fair enough. We've had the Johnston brothers on the Jacks. Any possibility of your brother joining the Jacks with you at any point soon, or any Uh, discussion of that behind the scenes?
2: There's been discussion. I've chatted to him about that, but um, I think he's got great opportunities for him out in Utah, and you know, Mm -hmm. he's the captain of the team. He's a young player. enjoys right. it out there it's um close to some family out there and um his girlfriend's out there so there's a lot of you know good reason for him to stay that's out true. in utah and um ultimately want what's best for him so um if it is with the free jacks i would love that and i'd love to be able to play with him but you know i think he's got some good things going on out in utah so um for he's sure. going to continue to do that and yeah i mean it would be awesome to play together that's it was fun you know playing with the jesters we're able to play together for that right um that tournament so really enjoyed that
1: <clears throat> I was going to say as he tried to recruit you to, to Utah I mean I mean it yeah, works yeah. both ways right yeah oh
2: absolutely yeah absolutely look like I said I love Boston so yeah, yeah 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 it's, it's going to be tough to, to get me to leave
1: speaking of that you know we know that fullback is a favored position of yours but, you, you know, you play multiple positions uh, in the backs there. Any discussion of you playing at 10 this upcoming season at all? Has that been something that's been discussed?
2: Yeah, get it out there. Number one, 10. <laughs> I'll be the starting 10. Um, I wouldn't be Bodine opposed Walker. to it, replacing to be honest. Walker.
1: It's a tough – it's going to be a tough job, right? The, the guy that uh, has to fill in for Bodine. It's going to be um, a trial by fire with the fans. But uh, yeah. any discussion about that?
2: Um, look, I think um... – you know I've, I've been playing on the wing and really been enjoying playing on the wing and mm-hmm. um you know can still get better as a as a winger and want to keep playing that um i think second on the list is probably fullback like right. like you said earlier so um you know I, I love being able to step in as a playmaker and you know having an opportunity to play a 10 would be unreal i'll jump at it but that being said um you know I, you know, I don't. I don't think there's any talks of me playing ten this year. So we'll see. <laughs> All
1: right. Um, you were mentioning earlier your your run out with USA Rugby. You started in your first uh, international game against the French Barbarians, which I didn't really. I mean, I think I knew that that was a thing, but they're not the most famous Barbarians, to be fair. Yeah. Um. What were your thoughts when you got the call up from Gary gold and as somebody that, you know, was, was born and partially raised in Australia and then moved to the United States and has been, uh, now here, what was going through your mind when you heard the anthem and you put on that USA Jersey?
2: Oh, look, I mean, at that point in time, I was really just thinking about the game, but, you know, leading up to it, getting that opportunity and getting that call up was, was, um, something I was super excited to, to be a part of. And, um, something I've worked really hard for and, um, you know, it was awesome to be a part of that campaign and to be able to get a run out against the French barbarians. And, Mm -hmm. um, I learned so much and yeah, I'm really excited to hopefully get another opportunity. And, um, you know, as a, as a player that was raised in Australia, I, you know, as soon as I moved over here, I I knew that there was an opportunity to potentially represent the Eagles and play for the Mm -hmm. national team. And, you know, I've been here for over 12 years now. So, um, you know, I think America's home and, um, you know, I was super proud of, to be able to put on that jersey and, um, you know, play out there with some talented players. So it um, was really special. And, you know, yeah, I hope there's another opportunity to be able to do it again.
1: We're pulling for you, man. Of course, you know, we're, we're excited to see, you know, your growth as a rugby player from the beginnings here at the free jacks. And, and hopefully you'll continue to get uh, USA rugby call-ups in the future. As you were talking about, you know, there's obviously some going to be some games uh, in uh, South Africa, I believe coming up. So yeah. w- we'll talk about that. Uh, what did you learn at the USA rugby camp? Obviously you're heading back that way to Denver soon, but um, you know, your first camp what did you learn? Um, Look,
2: I learned a lot. I learned um, just different different coaching methods, um, you know, through the coaches and um, some very specifics in, like, the tackle and the contact area. Um, but then as far as big picture, I just learned a lot of, you know, work-ons through myself and um, a lot through the other players in the camp and, you know, what it means to, to be a part of, you know, the USA national team. And, um, you know, learnt learned a lot more off the field and big picture than probably on the field. That being said, learnt a lot on sure. the field and um, came away with some, some positive and some good work ons. And, um, yeah, I think some, some things that, you know, maybe weren't emphasized at the Free Jacks that I was able to learn um, in a different camp. So it was, it was uh, yeah, it was a, a great learning opportunity and, and experience.
1: Um, kind of talking about, you know, the rugby that you participated in in the offseason here, obviously after that uh, game with USA Rugby, you followed that up with winning the Rugby Town Sevens with the Rambling Jesters, as you was talking about earlier, your brother on the team as well. What was that experience like with the Jesters that had a strong New England presence? Was that just a good time, uh, you know, yeah, catching up yeah. with your buddies?
2: Oh, It was a great time. Um, I'm not sure if you're aware, but Dave Barry, um, mm-hmm. the owner yep. of the Jesters, is also one of the yeah. Free Jacks owners. So, yes. you know, he, he also has that. Of course you guys know that. Um but he has a, a great you know, Oh, sorry, Lux, he likes to get a core group of free jacks players he has the past mm-hmm. couple of years. And um, yep. you know, it was awesome to be able to go out there and not only play with those guys, um to be able to play with my brother and then to play with, you know, the, the Barry brothers and mm-hmm. um, you know, some other players from, from the UK. It was it was an awesome week and you know, they we take it very serious but you know we also have a lot of fun throughout the week we went go-karting and um, you know had a a team dinner at um someone that hosted us over for the team dinner which was which was really nice and um you know kind of just played game game by game and before we knew it we're in the in the final and you know put ourselves in a position to win and we're able to so um, the whole week's just fun. I, I love rugby town. I love going out there, especially playing with the Jesses. That's my second year with them, and um, you know, I've had a I've had a great time both both times.
1: Yeah, it looks like you guys were having some fun. I saw the Instagram stories about the go kart and stuff like that. So I, I bet that was a blast. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk we we're talking about you know your plans for the fall. Obviously, you're going to be participating in the USA Rugby Camp. But um, have you been able to coach at all? I know that that's something that you're definitely interested <clears> in.
2: Um, so actually I actually haven't been able to do much coach or any coaching uh, throughout this off offseason. Um, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, I had to s- step away from that just um, purely to be able to focus on, you know, playing with the USA and yep. um, pursuing these other rugby opportunities for myself. So, um, you know, it's something that I'd love to be able to get back into eventually. Um, mm-hmm. But just, yeah, it's, you know, I can't be a, a coach somewhere and, and be gone every other week. So yeah, um, that's true. Yeah, it's kind of focusing on my own rugby at the moment, actually. So,
1: Fair enough. Um, what is your overall thoughts for last season with the Jacks? I mean, we're kind of skirting around it here, but we have to talk about it at some point. Obviously, a fantastic overall regular season, um, get knocked out by your arch rivals. What were your overall thoughts?
2: I think, um, you know, I, th- I think it was a successful season. We, we, you know, strung 10 games in a row. Um, ten wins in a row. Sorry, we played um, some competitive games on the road against mm-hmm. uh, LA and Toronto. Um, you're up there in Toronto. I remember seeing you up there, and <laughs> and that was it. That was a tough game. Um, yeah. You know, I think we did some some awesome things with a, a new coaching staff and um, several new players. And um, you know, it is a bummer to to fall short at the end of the season. I know that hurt for for all of us, and I know that. Um, we really thought that we, we could win it that year, um, you know, and I just think, credit to New York, a, a, a tough team that, you know, they're they're a good side. Um, they true. came up, and, and you know, I think that last game of the regular season up here, where they got that win over us, um, gave them quite a bit of confidence, and yep. um, you know, it's a team that plays very well on the road. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was a bummer, and you know, they went out and 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 won the uh the final quite confidently so mm-hmm. um you know we're we're excited to get back to work next next year as you saw today the the coaches were announced we've got the same same group of coaches and um you know that's year 2 for them they know what they're coming into now and um everyone you know from TK to wheels and um, several other members of the organization will be around again next year and um, i think as of next week you'll start to see you know, players that are gonna be re signed and um you know, hopefully we can just build off a successful um twenty twenty two campaign and um go on better next year.
1: Yeah, uh, that's exactly what we're hoping for. Obviously it's a magical season with all those wins, the win streak and everything else, you know, leading the pack and the MLR. Um, yeah, I, I kinda like the idea of the the free jacks being just like uh underdogs that fly under the radar but that was definitely not what happened last year and um you know the consistency with the coaching staff and stuff like that it's all positive so we're, we're really excited to see what happens in the upcoming season and hopefully we can you know take that next step and make it to the finals i think that should be uh the goal at least from the fans perspective you know the minimum expectation is to to try to do one better uh than, than the, uh, the previous year but um Let's talk about, I see that Chris Lind, our buddy Bozo, um, has some stuff here. Let me just throw this on the screen here. Uh, he's got all of these nicknames here. So Money, we'll, we'll, we'll pick out of these, which one might be your favorite. I like Iron Man, to be honest, but we got Money Mitch Wilson, Madman Mitch Wilson, Magic Mitch Wilson, Marvelous Mitch Wilson, Magnificent Mitch Wilson, Maniac Mitch Wilson. Do you have any of these that uh, that stick out in your mind that could rival um, Iron Man? <laughs>
2: Uh, look, I wish it was Money Mitch Wilson, but um, <laughs> we'll probably just stick with, stick with Iron Man.
1: All right, fair che- enough.
2: Cheers, cheers, Bozo.
1: Yeah, for sure. Bozo's always uh, throwing a, some uh, a wrenches and seeing what happens there. Um, let me see here. Favorite memory of the season? I thought we did this with you last time, and I think previously it was that first home game against uh, Atlanta there at Fort Quincy. But uh, any favorite memory for this season that you have? Um,
2: I think it would be, um, in the locker room after we played Atlanta down in Atlanta. Um, that was a special game for us. Um, that, that week Terrell's parents had passed away and, um, you know, both him and and Mike Rogers headed back to New Zealand and, um, you know, we just had a lot to play for. We're off to a bit of a, a dusty start in that game and we're able to come back and, um, you know. Put up a, a big score against a very good team down in down on their home pitch so um it was awesome after the game we went out and enjoyed ourselves in atlanta and um, celebrated that win that was a that was a, a big win and a special moment
1: Absolutely. I'm sure everybody was pretty emotional with what happened with uh, the tragedy down there in New Zealand. You know, we pull for Terrell all the time here yeah. on the show. He's one of our favorite players. Great guy, really interacts with us um behind the scenes. And um just really happy to to know that he's you know performing well down there in New Zealand. I know he yeah, had some yeah. injuries, but I think he's gonna be in the squad this week. And hopefully we'll get him back up here at the free Jacks so we can really show what he can do with a full season under his belt. Um, I do want to play a little quick game here with you. So this is Jack's teammates questions all right so i'm going to say things along the lines of like who's most likely to be a secret serial killer that's not going to be the question i'm just giving an example so uh you just pick out a, a player that uh, you've played with on the jacks uh this season so the first question is going to be who's the most likely to start a cult <laughs> holden all right holden Hold yeah, is it just the chemistry or the charisma factor or what, what what's uh why would you say that Uh, He's the vampire. That's true. Yep. Yep. He's got that uh, ability to draw people in. Um, Who is the most likely to be a billionaire after their playing days are done? Billionaire. I think Stan said uh, Justin Johnson. Would you agree
2: with that? Yeah. 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 JJ. Yeah.
1: Yeah, JJ. For sure. Um, Who is the most likely to be a celebrity outside of rugby? Um Dougie five. Yeah <laughs> yeah. Stan said the same thing. I don't know if it's the the frosty tips or what, but uh oh. yeah. yeah, yeah, these are the total package. Who's the most likely to be a stand up comedian? Who's the funniest guy?
2: Hmm. <laughs> Slade.
1: <laughs> I, he seems kind of quiet like the, every time that we've interacted with him but he might be have that, that like that sneaky funny is that is that how you would describe him or is he just did he like uh show us a different side of himself uh is he just like uh, a prankster or what no
2: nah, he has two sides yeah he's, uh, he's, okay he can get quite loud and funny yeah
1: the duality of course um who is the most likely other than yourself to be a rugby coach after their playing days are over
2: um i think josh larson um not like i think he can do many other things as well but i think josh larson will be a great coach i know he's involved in coaching right now so yeah i'd have to say um i skip larry
1: he, he's a good choice unfortunately he was coaching last year at a place that i won't name in the off season uh but uh, i i can definitely see that um Benson, yeah no oh, god Mitch, you didn't have to. It's like the word that I I absolutely cannot stand. It makes me want to throw up. Uh, What is your status with, you know, uh, just leading into the next one here? Real easy. Uh, What is your status with the free Jacks? In my research that I did uh, earlier in the offseason, I believe you were out of contract at the end of the season. What news can you provide uh, the Jacks Rangers on this front? Is there anything that you can say?
2: Look, again, I love Boston. Um, <laughs> I think next week there's going to be some, some player announcements. And
1: yep. yeah, all right. I'll
2: leave it I'll leave it at that.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, I'm going to open up the floor for you to address the Rangers directly if you would like to say anything to them. Since we have um, a little bit of
2: time. Yeah, absolutely. Look, um, to all the Rangers out there, thanks for all your support. Um, I know it was huge last year at all of our home games. We – um, love you guys and and really appreciate you know the support throughout the season throughout the off season and um you know at our home games especially and on the road as well so um, thank you and stick with us and um let's ride on into 2023.
1: Hell yeah, love it. We're going to do one thing before we get out of here, and it is the world-famous Stormalong One Word Association. Um, I try to pick ones that we haven't gone over with uh, guests that we've had on here twice, so hopefully I didn't put another one in here that we've already gone over. The first one is going to be USA Rugby.
2: Uh, Eagles.
1: New England.
2: Free Jacks.
1: MLR. The Shield. <laughs> Jesters fun new york the enemy i agree love that answer and finally we've got the freejacks um family hell yeah hell yeah mitch i appreciate you being on here thank you so much you've always been so good to us um over the years here and i've got one word to get out of here iron mitch wilson i know you know what it is in three three two one Huzzah. huzzah Huzzah Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. This is a special edition of the unfiltered storm along interview with Justin Johnston. Uh uh excuse me, Justin Johnson. Uh we've got uh, Dave McVay here as well. How are you boys doing? I'm doing
3: good. Beautiful day out, you know, beautiful day in the rainy Boston.
1: Hell yeah, you know, absolutely. Oh,
3: love to be here. Yeah,
4: feeling good, a little sore. I played uh played a match yesterday,
1: I know. JJ did as well yeah. um so yeah just working the kinks out as we speak uh my my college team South Carolina is playing the Citadel right now right now on in Charleston I'm watching it uh, on my phone but I'll try <laughs> to focus on this temporarily here uh Justin you know obviously today is um September the 11th of course do you remember where you were when you heard the news that uh the terrorist attacks were taking place
3: yeah, I remember was I was at school and they actually shut down, they didn't shut down our school, but they had all the parents come home, grab the kids, like take them mm-hmm. home. It was more, I think it was more of like a comforting thing. I remember just bits and pieces of it. I remember that we didn't really, when I talked to my brothers and sisters, they said they watched it on TV. They didn't show us any of that because I believe I was in elementary school at the time. Right. Um, And I remember, I just remember my mom, like they're like, all right, kids, like your, your parents are going to come pick you up. And then for so I was like, oh, that's weird. So then uh, <laughs> right. my 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 mom coming to pick me up. You know, she didn't really talk about it. She's like, yeah, just, today's not today's not a good time right now. Like, I'm just gonna go home and hang out. Like, just be be together, like in a family. I think that's just like
1: mm-hmm. how a
3: lot of Americans do whenever something bad happens. You know, right. it's all about you know building that camaraderie and getting around each other. So I think that's mm-hmm. kind of what we did.
1: For sure. I think uh, I was in ninth or 10th grade. So they actually wheeled in a TV and we watched it like uh, throughout, I want to say until maybe like noon. And then I think we got dismissed for the day. Dave, do you recall?
4: Yeah, it was my freshman year in college. So I remember I had like an 8 a.m. class and um, it was, you know, it was central time. So the first plane had like just hit. I caught a little bit of the news and then went to class Um, that was like in the student center and then we talked about it a little bit in class but I was like the only one who had even heard anything Um, and then we all got out and you know we had cell phones but not smartphones back then right so nobody's really on them getting news during class and uh, I got out and there was just a huge mob of students at the student center like coming out the doors you know Mm -hmm. because that was where there were TVs that had news on and we ended up you know school canceled classes I went over I went back to a friend's um, apartment because he had a TV, and I we didn't have a TV like in my dorm room with cable or anything. So we mm-hmm. went, we went back to his place and just sat there and watched the news the rest of the day. It was crazy
1: it was uh i remember after the towers had gotten hit i was in a class and i was just like thinking aloud and i was like well if i was a terrorist where else would i target (laughs) not the smartest thing to say because i was like well the pentagon obviously because that's the you know the forces of america that's where they're 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 commanded out of and then then the pentagon got hit and everybody looked at me like what the hell i was already the weird (laughs) kid because my family's my family owns a funeral home in, in a small town in north carolina so yeah the uh that wasn't uh, very good of me to think out loud, but uh, let's change subjects here real quick. Uh, let's talk about a little bit of rugby. Actually, I want to talk about reading first uh, because I know that you're a big reader, uh, Justin JJ. Um, what have you been reading lately? Lately,
3: um, the Seven Habits of Highly Effective People and the Power of Now are the two books that I'm I'm in between. I feel um, like I've both.
1: heard of the first one there that you mentioned. The Seven Habits it's a very yeah, it's yeah. a
3: very well known book for business. It's just to be how mm-hmm. to be effective, and it's almost like effective leadership and it's something that I did for my the work that I do. Um, it's something that I said as one of my goals is that I want to read it and kind of implement whatever rules. There's a whole bunch of different rules and how you know how to delegate and you know mm-hmm. different ways to work around processes just to be more effective. And I just want I use that to kind of uh, boost my working and my rugby. So I just try to take little bits bits and pieces here and there, and implement them in my life.
1: Very good. Yeah, I'm, you have that business sense. I know that you do stuff outside of just rugby and stuff like that. But you know, we've talked to a couple players uh, since the off season, and they always mention you as like the one that's going to be a billionaire after their, their yeah. rugby days are over with. So uh, I think that's a nice little confidence booster on your end there from from your teammates. But uh, let's talk about um, what would be, people be surprised to know about you? Is there any like factoid that if someone heard that, be like, oh, that's interesting, JJ? You know, this, this, and that.
3: I love to cook. Like my, I just made some orange chicken with some chow mein yesterday, nice. which is amazing. So I, I love to find different recipes online and cook it from scratch. Like I made everything from scratch, fried the chicken myself, like made the sauce myself, just for orange juice, you know, all the ingredients. So that's, I like to mix and match with cooking. It's always been my passion. So I always that's try to make cool. some nice home cooked meals.
1: Very good, yeah. Didn't, didn't know that about you. So uh, there's one thing people uh, will be able to say that they didn't know. Um, Let's talk about the USA Rugby South Tour of Columbia. How did you get selected for that? I mean, obviously you're a, a California kid that plays now in New England professionally, but you played um, in the South in college. How did you get selected for that?
3: So basically it was, um, I've always known about the USA South. I was actually supposed to play on a couple tours while I was in college, but I wasn't mm-hmm. able to at the time. Okay. So then one of my friends was actually playing on the USA South and I was like, oh really? Like, yeah, I've been trying to do it. I think I should be free. Like. Um, is there someone I could contact for just, you know, get my name out there just to see if I could go into selection? Cause I, I played in Georgia and then I contacted, um, Sean from USA South and he, he messaged me right away. He was like, you know, we'd love to have you. I'll put your name into the, put your name into the hat. He was like, you know, we've, we've always watched you from life and then now at the free Jack. So, mm-hmm. I mean, we, you would bring a, a lot to the team. So then it talked to the coach and then after that they selected me and then, they're basically just saying, like, yeah, we want you to be, you know, one of the leaders on the team helping the young business. The USA South, it's it's not how any regular pathway is. It's a pathway okay. to get to from club to the MLR. It's that middle ground of USA. Mm-hmm. So it's they're not taking a lot. They probably had – it was um, – there's probably like three or four of us that played in the MLR. The rest of them were club players, people that played mm-hmm. in a lot of academies and stuff. So yes. it's actually getting them that teaching of what we do in the MLR, how intense it is, And actually trying to get them to the next level. So the goal of that is that we take those players and then now they get a platform to show what they could do and play in the MLR and then make it to the next level.
1: That's awesome. I love that that pathway is being clearly defined nowadays because it used to not be that way, of course, uh, prior to MLR and whatnot. But uh, you went down to Columbia, not Columbia, South Carolina, but the country of Columbia. How was your trip and what did you learn?
3: Oh, to be honest, it was a great time. I went a week earlier just to experience the actual culture since that was my first week, nice. first time in Colombia. So we went, yep. me and a couple of my teammates went the week earlier. We went, looked around, had the food, really tasted, felt the whole Colombian, and it was it was beautiful. I think Colombia is a beautiful, a beautiful country, and I definitely want to go back and visit, very cheap. Everything was inexpensive. You know, they're very hospice, like very service oriented. They just want to make sure that you have everything that you're taking care of, but then even the rugby, I mean, the rugby out there, it's developing. It's not the best that, it's not the best of like a foreign country, but it was a good, it was a good challenge. I know the first game we lost by one point. Uh, we, mm-hmm. we were trying to mess with the team here and there, but that was, that was kind of like the scrimmage game. The second game was a real deal game. And then we won that game by, I think, two tries, but it was still a, a dog dogfight. They, they're still learning the structure out there of how to play, you know, pull out the back, this, that, the other. But mm-hmm. I say give them three, four years. They have the players, they have the athletes. They're going to be, they're going to be in contention.
1: That's awesome. You know, uh, South Carolina, uh, or excuse me, South American rugby. I don't know why I, South Carolina I'm watching it on my phone. So uh, <laughs> that's why I said that. South American rugby um, is, is slowly becoming a thing. Obviously, Argentina, a powerhouse in mm-hmm. world rugby. But the other countries Uh, kind of fall below the radar except uh, Chile of course beating the United States recently unfortunately but uh, I remember a couple years back Brazil beat USA outright down there in Brazil and that was like a a huge letdown for USA Rugby one of many of course but um, you know that 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 area is really developing very nicely so that's encouraging to hear Um, obviously you are a part of the um, Mystic River uh, Rugby Club there um, in Malden they just recently played a game how, how was that experience for the first week one of the American Premiership Rugby competition and uh, what can we expect from Mystic this year
3: oh it was it was great I mean to be honest like in the past the ARP when I first played in the ARP when I was still in college I was playing for the life men's club ARP and um it was like the the competition was very high i was playing against like a lot of big names butcher from new york um Mm -hmm. just like about matias uh like nyack old blue all those teams were really good um and then kind of the level dropped once mlr came a lot of players were taking that off season off but then Mm -hmm. now this year it's back up there like um old white or white plains who we played this week uh to be honest they're really not they're they're a strong team but they're really not structured they picked up a lot of like, I picked, they picked up the Dallas on um, 13, Tiki Tiki. Uh, and then they pick up Joseph Tecky, who used to be with the Free Jacks. They had a lot of players, and they were actually yeah. playing. And it was a great game. I mean, there's it was back and forth all the way till we scored in the last minute of the game in order to get the lead. And then we just basically had to get the kick back and then kick it out. So, I mean, that just shows, like, the level is growing, and now the ARP has broken down into two areas. It's the north and the south, so we're yes, in the sir. north. And then the South is now live, 404 Academy, Houston Academy, and NOLA Academy, which is a lot of their international or MLR players. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think it's it's developing. And now we're, they're doing a North and South game for that crossover game. So it's definitely getting better. I think it's bringing a lot of attention to, you know, club rugby in the U.S. Again, getting a lot of players that insight. Absolutely. I mean, the main thing that we do at Mystic is we try to bring all these players that, you know, are lower-level rugby players. We get them into that environment, running a new <laughs> system. We're running more um, – Ryan Martin's 24 feet that we ran the first year at the Free Jacks when I was oh, here. Okay. So it's, you know, something completely different, something that they've never seen before, something out of the ideal 1-3-3-1, just to get them working on those skills. Um, uh, Kane Bubba does a great job at, you know, working on catch-pass, you know, defense. He lays out um, – he lays everything out really well for the players to get that, you know, MLR mentality because the goal is we want this to be a pathway. We mm-hmm. want people to come to Mystic, play in the D1, two teams and then, you know, come to be able to be called up for the Free Jacks. We had three players from Mystic called into uh, MLR last year, Jack, um, Gash and Connor all went to Dallas. And then we had players coming into the Free Jack Academy side and um, running practice squad numbers against the Free Jacks. Mm -hmm. Like that's what we want. We want to grow rugby in terms of that. So it's
1: great. That's awesome. Yeah, I want to have a Mystic exclusive uh, episode coming up at some point in the off season. You know, we've got some Mystic people that are big fans of this show, so I definitely want to get them on at some point. And I, I plan on coming down at some point to watch a home game because it, it's so intertwined with the Free Jacks. I mean, Mystic being the biggest club in New England, I, I, some people are just going to uh, jeer at that, but it's absolutely the case. I mean, obviously they're in the American. Um, Rugby championship for a reason or premiership. Um, So, yeah, I'm excited to do that episode coming up soon. What are your overall thoughts? Let's rewind a little bit here. Overall thoughts from last season with the Jacks?
3: Uh, I mean, to be honest, I think it was great. I mean, Scott coming in first year as coach, you know, Mike coming in first year as coach for the Free Jacks, you know, come and basically fix the culture. The culture was already there from Ryan Martin and they basically just enticed on it, you know, added some facts to it. And I think they really changed the program around. I mean, we turned from the year before, what, we finished, what, eighth and ninth in the in the league. To, I mean, we could have been the first in the league. You know, we kind of let ourselves down at the end, and we had a great run, broke a lot of records. But to be honest, at the end, we all talked about it like, it's great to do that, but, you know, unless you come out with a championship, what does it mean? But it's a great building block, and I think that they're mm-hmm. doing that this off season where they're building off of it. And I think they're going to come out, and we're going to be. And I mean, it's going to be a powerhouse next year. I, I think it has a lot of Free Jack fans, you know, waiting, waiting Absolutely. for next year to start because <laughs> yeah. of yeah. what we did. And I mean, and they're just going to keep the coach. And the fact that we get to keep, we don't have that turnover. A lot of teams, you know, you have that turnover. You hear about mm-hmm. New York rebuilding, Dallas rebuilding, like old glory rebuilding. We don't have to rebuild. There's no that needs to come. Right. We already have our mentality. We already have our structure. We have everything they want. Now it's right. bringing those players. Now you can actually focus on more of the skill pieces that maybe we were lacking mm-hmm. last year that we can improve on, and then it will come out flying.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's going to be teams that have new coaches. Our coaching staff is the same. Um, you know, The player personnel is the same. Uh, for the most part, it will be the same. So that's encouraging stuff, of course. Um, I think uh, I'll, I don't want to, I'm par- I'm going to have to paraphrase because I don't have the exact quote. But uh, Scott Martin, uh, or excuse me, Scott Matthew specifically said on this show that um, he felt like maybe it was a year too early for this team. Um, getting to where we were, do you do you agree with that?
3: I do agree with it. I think that to be honest, I think that we just had people that love to fight. They love to be in that dog fight. And mm-hmm. I think that the main reason why we put out a lot of those wins was because of yeah. grit and wasn't because of our actual right. rugby skill or structure. I think mm-hmm. it was just because we were grit and we wanted it more. And I think that's why we kind of started falling off toward the end. I know we took a couple couple losses on the trot at the end. I know we lost in mm-hmm. New York twice. Um, but I think that that is going to change this year. I think that uh, he's perfectly right that he just needed a, basically, this was the year that he was supposed to come in and settle in. I don't think anybody had h- right. such high expectations for him to do what he did. Yes. And the yeah. fact that he was able to do what he did on his first year
1: mm-hmm. is
3: tremendous. So I think, like I said, it's a great foundation that he set for the, the whole franchise as a whole of uh, Free Jacks that we're, we're coming in, we're coming in to compete. He put, he put the Free Jacks on the top. That's what everybody knows that the free jacks are coming with a vengeance this year because we should have won it last year. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I I kind of feel like I've said this in previous interviews that I wish that we were a little bit more under the radar and like more of an underdog (laughs) and stuff like that. I like that type of team personality, but that's not the team that we can be at least, you know, from a, media perspective and stuff like that it's just not I, when you win 13 games in the regular season and have a 10 yeah. game winning streak or whatever it was it's just yeah. it's just not possible to continue you're no that, underdog least, yeah right exactly yeah. Yeah. yeah nobody's you know think that it's we're gonna lose a game yeah, yeah it's different, a different kind of motivation
4: whether for sure and or, i would yeah. say at
3: that at that point it's so hard because now you have a you really have a target on your back like of, oh yeah instead of teams underestimating you now like you have a target they're literally looking at everything you do anything everything that you're doing is getting scrutinized How do we defeat this? How do we defeat that? So that's why whenever you have that target where every team is looking at you. They're looking at film from all the other teams to see how they break you. Then that's when, that's why it just becomes so hard. So yeah, I mean, ideally, it's always nice to be the underdog, but when you're that top dog, it does put a lot of pressure on you to perform, so.
1: For sure. Uh, What is your favorite memory in uh, this past season with New England? Anyone uh, stick out in particular?
3: Favorite memory? I would say that comeback against New York away at new york yeah. i wasn't rostered yeah. for that game but i remember i was in the we did the um actually no i wasn't gonna change that versus austin because we had a lot of doubters for austin game we put oh, in yeah. a different team people would say that yeah. we put in our bench or like our our second squad B-side, The fact yeah. that we came out yeah the fact that we came out and we, we won that game against a team that was number one in the league so far at that at that point is I think that was really much a highlight because that could show what our team was. That shows our team depth, and you're all you're as good always. You're as good as your weakest link. And the fact that we right. just had a team that that was that deep that we could rotate players in and out and still place face powerhouse teams like that shows that we had, like I said, we had that grit, we had that fight, and we love to win.
1: Yeah. It was a stepping stone moment for sure. I mean, I, I wasn't saying that we're going to lose that game, but I was you know I was definitely skeptical when I saw the roster. And I think we did a Rangers Tavern for that game, or at least the the pregame. And I went on there. I was like, this is definitely a game that we could potentially lose. But you know, they made me look like a fool because you know they, they played so well. Which is you know you know it is what it is. I'm not there in the locker room. I don't. I'm not there at the practices. We just kind of do the best that we can. Of course, we're fans. We want the team to win always. But I was a little skeptical. I'd raise my eyebrow with that, uh, that selection there. But uh, it turned out really well. And those Austin fans have not forgotten that at all. Uh, <laughs> some of the biggest jerks in MLR uh, fandom, I, I will say that. Not everybody, of course, but some of their fans are just real assholes. Um, anyway, uh, what is your, the status uh, with you with the Free Jacks? Uh, what news can you provide the Rangers on that front?
3: Um to be I mean they're doing a whole bunch of talks with players in this that the other seeing what the salary cap is. So I mean I talked to Scott and I talked to I talked the coaching stuff. They said they'd like to have me back. But you know, it's all it comes all about, you know, what what's coming in, what's coming out, numbers wise. So I mean I would always love to be back with the free jacks. Boston is my home right now. So either way I don't plan to leave other way. So gotcha. if I if I'm not in the jersey, I'll still be there in the stand supporting the free jacks if anything. But I mean, I'm love pretty that. I'm pretty hopeful that I will I will be selected for the free jacks again
1: we've got our fingers crossed for you jj for sure um you know you've been since the very beginning you know you, when you got drafted as a first round pick you've been there you know it's had some injuries and stuff like that but uh, you've always been one of those those core players in our minds That's been so nice to us of course as well so we're, we're pulling for you for sure i do have a couple fun questions before we get to dave here uh, <laughs> here we go is, yeah yeah the jacks <laughs> teammate question so all of the teammates that you had over the course of last year for the jacks who was the most likely to start a cult the pest peretti oh really That this is the first time that we've heard that yeah. can you give us an understanding of why that would be
3: to be honest he just has his own like he just has his own flow of things so I could definitely see him starting a cult and just being like this like you know this like openly just like oh yeah we're just gonna have a fun time cult just like <laughs> I don't nice. know. He just has this, he just, but he brings people together. Like Jesse's good at bringing people together. He's just a very fun person and he just brings like, whenever you see Jesse, like you can't help but laugh at him, but it's like, yeah. he, it's like he approach. he's approachable. He can talk to you. Like anybody, I remember, I'll go out with him and he'll just talk to anybody at the bar. Like he'll talk to That's anybody awesome. on the street. I mean, he's just that type of person. So I think like, he could get a nice following of people.
1: Very good, very good. Love that answer. Uh, the past is absolutely killing it at NPC right now yeah. down there in New Zealand. Uh, the cult of the pest. I love it. Uh, who is the most, other than yourself, now we've heard you each time that we've asked this, who is the most likely to be a billionaire after their playing days are over?
3: Mm, most likely to be a billionaire after their playing days are over? I would say... I would say Jesse again, because I've had a lot of talks with Jesse, but I don't want to say his name twice. Um, okay. So I would, I would say Quentin, because Quentin has that mindset. So I talked to yep. Quentin a lot. He's a very business-oriented type of person. Yes. Yep. Um, I know we talked about my first year, me and him at a bonding moment, because we were talking about stocks. I think it was Coinbase it was about the IPO. <laughs> like We were just yep. sitting there talking about different stock options, like this, that, mm-hmm. the other, what we thought was going to happen, this, that. So, I mean, he has, that's a hard thing to find is that just that business aspect and that business Mm -hmm. mindset. So I think out of all people, he was, and me and him were the only ones that actually had like jobs throughout the season. Like while I remember during the season, both me and him had jobs. So I think that he would be the closest ones to being a billionaire.
1: For sure, yeah. And I wouldn't recommend Coinbase. Uh, I bought into the uh, IPO and it's just gone down ever since then, but uh, let's move on. That's a sore (laughs) subject for me, but uh, (laughs) who's the most likely to be a celebrity? Now we've, each time, somebody uh that's been on the show we've asked these questions they've selected the same person i want to see if you get this one as well
3: uh a celebrity mm-hmm. like in terms of just like
1: not boy, not a like, rugby celebrity act. but just like completely uh separate from rugby just like if they you know maybe they're a TikTok uh celebrity or maybe they start doing movies or something like that something along those lines
3: <laughs> oh that's a hard one <laughs> yeah you're stumping me today. And I don't even know who somebody selected, but I could see Kyle Secura being a celebrity. Yeah. Okay. Is that the one that everybody selected? It or no? wasn't,
1: but you, you just lit a light bulb in mind. Like, it, he would be the perfect, like, yeah, TikTok he, celebrity. Yeah. He really like, would be. He and was
3: he and, trending. What, he was inter- trending internationally for that yeah. video that the Free Jacks did. You're right.
4: Yep. Yeah. So, like,
3: and that's all. Like, oh, he would definitely be a celebrity.
4: He, he and Joe like, did the, like, Woody
1: yeah, promo right. video, yeah, yeah. too, out in the woods yeah, exactly. acting, you know? Yeah. What is it? <laughs> that that's a really good one. Um but everybody selected Dougie Fife. Uh what do you to think be honest,
3: I yeah, I, I'm actually hanging out with him later today. I, he, <laughs> he, lo- he loves a star stand him. He like lo- he's very, you know, picky about things. Dougie Fife was definitely a celebrity aspect in his life.
1: Yeah, for sure. He doesn't know what this show is, I don't think, but uh you can let him know that uh that people told him he'd be a celebrity. Uh who is the most likely to do stand be a stand up comedian?
3: Stand up comedian, um yeah. Who was the funniest this year? I think it would have to be Mills. Mills Sonorevi, he was Mm -hmm. very funny this year. He was very funny this year. I could see him being a stand-up comedian.
1: That's awesome. People have said Slade as well. And I thought that was like, because me and um, Dave interacted with him, but he was so low key, but like obviously very nice when we talked to him. I just didn't see funny at all. So I guess maybe it's just like a sneaky funny that he has. When, when, when,
3: he, when he's drinking, he's funny. That's and, it. We got to hang it. out more. Right. A little longer. Get it. Get it. Yeah. Just get him a couple of drinks in, you know, just slide a couple. Here you go, Slade. Here you go, Slade. Then, gotcha. then he'll start cracking the jokes.
1: For sure. Yep. All right, so the last one here regarding this segment. Uh, who's the most likely to become a rugby coach after their playing days are over?
3: Rugby coach after their playing days? Dougie Fire. Oh, no, actually, I'm going to say Joe Johnston.
1: Joe, okay, Doggy
3: Dougie, yep. Dougie coaches right now. He helps coach with Mystic, and he doesn't say enough. I tell him he needs to say more. But Joe, <laughs> I've coached with Joe multiple times, and I know that Joe does have a passion for coaching. So Mm -hmm. I could definitely see him, you know, and he's, I mean, he's a great player, so he has a a lot of knowledge with it. So I could definitely see him being a really good coach um, later on in life.
1: Yeah. We've uh, his brother actually said that he would be a great rugby coach, um, not during the segment when we had them on during the season and together as a pair, he said that that Joe would be a fantastic coach. So that's a great answer there. I want to let Dave take over, but uh, I appreciate your time.
4: Yeah, no worries. Sweet. Um, we talked a little bit about the coaching stability with the free Jacks. Uh, I was just really excited to see everybody sticking around even, you know, kind of top to bottom just about, uh, which was really good. Um, my question is about Mike Rogers specifically. This last season was the first season with a dedicated forwards coach on the free Jacks. And how did that change your experience as a pack player? And what did you, what did you gain from having that focus from Mike?
3: Oh, I mean, it was great. I mean, I know we had James last year, which was a great coach. They are um, they're both basically the same thing, forwards and defensive coaches. But Mike Roger, okay. I think he definitely boosted the level of it, the game this year. Just like small, small, specific skills that we needed to work on that he saw from last year. That's what we improved on. I would say that we probably had one of the most dominant packs this year in terms of our mauling, in terms of our scrumming. We were really well. And then he just knew everything that we needed to do, the small nuances. He was really strict about – the small things we'll do out practices and he'll he like he wouldn't be a dick about it but he'd like you guys need to do this like you guys need to finish your list fully stop looking up like when you're mauling you have to make sure you get down low drop your body height and he he would do it but he would do it in a caring way like he would do it saying it because he cares like sometimes yeah he'll be an ass or a dick to you but um it would be it would be in a caring way that he would do it because he like he wants to see you improve and grow
4: yeah absolutely um and that consistency is so hard as a player you know you don't always notice when you're slipping you're too high in the mall you need that feedback so yeah having somebody there who's giving you giving you what you need it's got to be so huge um now i'm going to put you in a little uh unusual unconventional spot as a coach or scout because you've been playing on mystic we talked about it already with a lot of guys who are either uh several people who are your teammates at the free jacks but also a lot mm-hmm. of players who you mentioned gash um connor robinson um and jack who are prospects right other teams are guys yeah. coming just coming up into the mlr system and then also Javon, who we the fans of the free jacks just haven't seen a lot of mm-hmm. right you were yeah. locking alongside him this week and ethan fryer so, anything you can tell us about those guys? Like, what are they? How are they as players? You know, we're just eager for all that. I love, oh, the, I, mean, I love seeing guys come up into the system. You know,
3: yes, yeah. I mean, it's it's definitely growing. Like Javon, I definitely a lot of development. I played with them in Uruguay for the Selects a while ago, and then I told him I was like, yeah, like I, I don't think you would expect to come and start like start and play for the Free Jacks, but it's going to definitely bring you a lot of development and help you as a grow same thing ethan fryer is a he's a he's a menace but he's just amazing on the field like he just knows his way around the ball like he just finds the ball for some reason and i think that's what uh, they bring a lot to it and a a lot of those guys like jack gash very athletic that just need to get that they just need to play more in a system because they Mm -hmm. just need to get that little rugby iq to tick a little more but then other than that they would be amazing players and i think that's how a lot of like a lot of the mystic guys are like they're really they're dogs they'll fight they'll fight to the end they love the they love the brutality of the game but now it's just understanding like there is some IQ and some knowledge that you have to know about it. You know, you can't just run into people. You have to run into space, what lines to run at, you know, just small stuff like that. But, I mean, all of them are developing Connor Connor's definitely going to get picked up by an MLR team, if not the Free Jacks, because, I mean, his throwing's getting better. He just works around. At this rate, he's probably working like a loose forward in the hooker position. Like, he just gets around the field. I mean, I'm, I'm very, like, very proud of how, how far Connor has come. And he just continues to get better, doesn't complain, doesn't whine takes criticism and just keeps it going he tries to work on on everything you'll see them after practice running or getting hooker throws in. It's, it's great
4: that's awesome you might have a little coaching in your future jj that's a pretty good review it was uh, I, maybe a I scout
3: coach. yeah if any if anybody has any coaching opportunities i hope like i said i help play and coach the
4: mystic happy to coach any team awesome love it yeah. um Why is it important to have we talked you talked about this a little bit already and and really in your answer just now, but why is it so important to have teams like Mystic and you know that can offer this high-level competition to to players?
3: I mean it's really to show those players that like we have players that are in the in the middles if they want to become like if they want to take it full time or if they're you know just social players. And it's like those players that just say they want to be more than social, they need somewhere to go. If players that want to make it to the MLR like, you can't just have – if the only pathway is for you to go to college and then get drafted, then we're not doing something right in the in the U.S. Like, we want players to be able to just keep building and working. I mean, there's a lot of good players. Look at Cam. Cam is a perfect example of it. Yep. He played for Mystic, balled out at Mystic, came to the Free Jacks, balled out at the Free Jacks. Yeah. Like, I mean, you that is literally a success story right there and why we need club rugby and why we need platforms like Mystic, you know, Nyack, all those teams. You bring in, you could bring in draft players or players that you're thinking about coming from the draft. Say, hey, we're gonna put you on this team. Let's see how you interact. Because now there's a lot of MLR people playing in the in the ARP, so you have this aspect of you're getting that, you know, not everybody's MLR MLR talent, but you're getting that still that atmosphere. You're getting that competition to where all these games are tight. So that's kind of what you need. You need that stepping stone. I think of everything as stepping stones. Before there's just a big gap between the uh, U.S. national team and club levels. Now there's right. little in-betweens now you have the mlr which is in the middle of that and now you have actual like arp and all that yeah you can play d2 and d3 but you can't really get seen but if you're playing in the arp level then you're actually playing high level talent and that's what you need you're playing against high level people and that's how you develop you get the coaching that you need so
4: it's great yeah i i agree i think you framed it really well too in the what we've seen is mlr now the arp plugging those gaps in the chain you know so that there are, and providing alternate, alternate pathways to just college. Um, and we've seen the success, uh, already yeah. on the free Jacks. So it's good. And it gives us something to, you know, a way to come out and see a bunch of really good high level rugby players in the fall. So, I hope like And Phil. it's it's
3: really good for developmental players. Like you said, Javon, Ethan, people that didn't really get a lot of time last year. Like Javon played a great game yesterday. Ethan played a great game yesterday. You give them time and you get them that time that they didn't get with the free jacks. You give them that yeah. game time that they could get so they could play against it. So yeah. That's
1: right.
3: Yeah.
4: Ultimately, that's where everything comes together and where you really improve, you know, practice. Practice can teach, but games are are where you really internalize it, right? And learn exactly. to just do it as a habit and a routine. And you learn to do it when you're you know 70 minutes under pressure yeah yeah absolutely dog you know (laughs) um yeah that's that's fantastic i can't wait i'll definitely get out to a match sometime this fall um back in quincy it looks like the hq has been getting a lot of renovations i've seen a few pictures from tk on social media and stuff um how great was it last season to have a centralized location Mm -hmm um and and what did that shift to a permanent home bring for you guys as players i mean i think it's great i mean
3: the first year uh it was kind of brute, like gruesome because we were going from we lived in cambridge but we practiced it or our lifting hq was in um waltham or newton and we would had to drive all the way down to weymouth for practice so it was like you're almost doing three hours of travel in between i remember one time yeah. it took us t- almost two That's hours insane. to get home because of the three yeah. o'clock traffic coming in like it it was brutal and a lot of players didn't really like it and so we're so glad you know now we live we have people spread out dorchester wall uh wallston and then you know 15 minutes if that from hq and then you know even if you go to weymouth it's still another 15 20 minutes which isn't bad but you had the stadium down the street which is a five minute drive so everything's better you know if you're spending less time in the car less time you know doing all this so it's it's great to have a everything in one area, everything's so close by that the players, you know, go here. If you need to go back home for something, you can, you know, if you're killing time, you can. And I think it's really just great to have that centralized location, having everything all together, you know, great to have our HQ and lifting all together filled, not too far. I I think the players and the players really enjoyed it this year. The players enjoyed, you know, if you ever had a problem getting there, you could take the red line because it's right there. So, I mean, it's really just, I think everything was so together this year compared to last year that it's it's great. And I think it's continued to develop. They have, I know we just moved some stuff into the basement now of the HQ. So we're going to yeah. have two floors now. So you can see the franchise growing and it's great to see. You know, it's always great to see growth in it. And you're literally seeing the results right now. And we're continuing to grow, continue to add people. So,
4: yeah. Yeah. Scott Matthew compared it favorably to like the Sharks setup down in South Africa. I mean, he said just in terms of the, the size and, and being kind of unified in location that he thinks it's, it's really good uh of the free jacks i think they have a a fantastic you know holistic setup where they have the office the teams meeting rooms workout rooms everything the field five minutes down the street Um, pretty fantastic uh now we get to do the fun stuff Um, you grew up in southern california san diego right uh la 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 okay Yeah, Yeah. yeah um so what what was it like last last season when playing San Diego, playing at L.A. Memorial Coliseum, like getting there? Is that something you dreamed up as a kid? You played yeah. L.A. and San Diego in the Coliseum last season, right?
3: Yes, and it's always – I mean, it's always a beautiful – I've always watched the Coliseum. I mean, I went to go watch USC games. One of my best friends family member, the Tavais, Zolani Tavai plays for the Patriots right now, but they're the ones that taught me how to play. I remember going to watch his brother play when he was playing for USC – in the in the stadium and i just remember just being there i was like oh wow like this is what it feels like so i mean it is it's a big i mean i say it's a big blessing to be able to do it just like just to be able to be in the stadium where a lot of greatness happened i mean it's it's something that you
4: can't even imagine yeah do you get do you get a lot of like local turnout when you're playing out there if you're traveling oh yeah you you get a big support base come up come to see it
3: Oh, all the time. All the kids. I remember last time we went out, um, basically my whole high school rugby team came out, but I'm still really cool with the coach. So all the coaching came out. Everybody from my club, LA Seventeenth, came out. I mean, basically anybody I knew from high school that I played rugby with came out to see it. So it's actually great to see all the fans and that they still support me. You know, they still have watch parties here and there. So, I mean, it, like I said, it's great to see even Sharkies and Hermosa. They put the TV on their big rugby bar and they put the, they put the games on. Uh, the free Jack games on because they know I used to go out there a lot and then they put it on for me. So it's, it's great to see. It's great. All the support back in LA.
4: That's great. I love the connection, you know, Boston to LA. And it really shows how important um, homegrown players are, even if they're playing on on a team that's somewhere different in the United States. Uh, You know, I know that if, you know god forbid if cam ended up on a different team for example there would be don't even say it there i you know i know but there <laughs> would be you know the games would be on there would be people yeah, around yeah. you know Havel yeah. would be would yeah. be supporting him the way that you know la is supporting you so it, it really is great for the grassroots community um now while you were younger and i think in high school you were a professional call of duty player is that right yeah i played
2: i
3: played it. major league gaming i was playing for spider gaming at the time a couple couple you know here and there i think i traveled to you know new york twice to play in a big tournament but yeah i, I kind of stopped playing as much once i started playing sports it was mainly just they mainly middle school it's like freshman sophomore year of high school and that's when i picked up rugby didn't really have time yeah. for it so but no um, it was it was a fun time
4: was that were you was that were you competing on console or on pc on console that was all console yeah that was all okay. console do but you play do you still play a lot of video games now when you can i mean you're a busy man but
3: yeah now, now i don't i used to love video games a lot but the thing about it is i get too competitive and it's like video games are supposed to be a release and yeah. it's like i'll get back from practice and i'll hop on a video game and like maybe <laughs> so you you'll win some but then the ones that you lose you're like oh like i just want to break this controller yep. so i was like you know what I, this is not a good release for me i need to i need to take take some to uh, stress away not add more stress to it so i do play from time to time i play a game here or there with the good fellas but you know i don't really play competitively like that anymore
4: yeah well we had in november phil and i had i assume phil's planning to do it again we extra life as a charity fundraiser for um children's hospitals it's a it's a national fundraiser and each year we've done it ed patnode who was um running the first regiment fan group also participated uh, we ended up raising uh, you know, a couple thousand dollars for boston mm-hmm. children's hospital and we're gonna do it again this year so um even if even if it's not I, I don't know how it would what what it would look like but we'd love to get you involved a little bit i talked to um mr quatron as well about it he was he was pretty eager i know he's big on the community uh event mm-hmm. stuff um so i don't know we'll we'll reach out a, a little bit yeah, more reach, because... reach out to
3: me let me know i'll happy i'll happy to come I, I love to do stuff like that for the community i mean i know we did the blood drive last year which was a blast mm-hmm. so, i mean i'm happy to yeah. get out in the community help out with anything that you guys do
4: yeah this the structure for extra life is is usually a 24-hour stream so like on twitch or you know another platform of just a 24-hour gaming marathon uh, yeah. so i usually i usually do from like 6 a.m. to 6 a.m. I'll get up really early yeah. and start and then play <laughs> all night. Uh but yeah, we'll we'll reach out. It would be great to get see if we can get you guys to hop into a few games or something like that. Oh, That'd yeah, be cool. Yeah. Um excellent. That's that's it for me. I I don't know if Phil has a few more goofies for you, but uh this yeah, has been great. I really enjoyed talking <laughs> to you. Um, and thank you for your time. I'm sure I'll see you out no in a worries. Mr. Match. Yeah, I wanted good.
1: to I wanted to open up the floor, JJ, uh, for you to address the Rangers directly. I mean, what would you like to say to the fans of the Free Jacks out there?
3: I mean, you guys are the best fans out there. I mean, we know that from the past couple games. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. are just loud. I mean, everybody knows. Everybody, when I talk to all my friends, I have friends <laughs> on every team that come. So whenever I come, they're like, the stadium's sick. Your fans are freaking crazy, man. Like, mm-hmm. and that's what we want. We want people to say yeah. our fans are crazy. We, won't, right. we want people to be afraid to come come play at the Fortress. That's, the, that's why it's called the Fortress. Yeah. yeah so we we love the fans we love how engaging you guys are you guys are always anywhere we go I mean someone's always trying to buy someone from the regiment's trying to buy us a beer I mean that we love it we love to interact with you guys I mean there's I, I would there's not any fans that we don't like like we love everything that you guys do for us and we know we wouldn't be here without the fans so that's Absolutely. it's just our way of giving back to the fans so, I mean we love it. We love how you guys dress up and have different, have different fucking, <laughs> have different things going on. So yeah, we just say keep it up, and we got to come out even in more numbers next year. That's and right. Keep, and For keep sure. it coming. Keep keep growing the fan base. You know, keep the
1: regiment going.
4: Hell yeah! Hell yeah, we'll be there. We'll be loud. We'll be weird. Always. Yeah. Yep.
1: Always. All right. <laughs> so finally, we've got the storm along uh, one word association. We did this last time, I believe, with you. Um, so the first one is USA rugby
3: say Rugby top contenders all There's right I want to work but that's two contenders
1: okay. is fine yeah I like yeah, that contenders next one is your favorite Waffle House p- ha, p-
3: well I'll go patty a hash brown bowl
5: all <like> right <laughs>
3: they're Delicious. supposed to be bringing one to Boston I posted it they hopefully they bring one to Boston I that would be sick all, I Only do. Boston posted it. I reposted it. I hope they bring one to Boston. I would I would drive however far it is. I don't care where it's at. I would
1: drive. Absolutely, to. I would love to go just to have hash browns. You know, it's such an awesome place, iconic in the southeast for sure. Yeah. Um, the next one is Atlanta.
3: Atlanta, I would say Buckhead Saloon.
1: Okay, Buckhead All Saloon's right. a
3: bit a big. It's a big rugby bar in Atlanta that mm-hmm. I I was going to when I first started in college and helping out, and that's where they used to host a lot of events. So.
1: Very cool. The next one is MLR.
3: MLR? Uh, growth. I just mm. see it continually growing.
1: Love that answer. The next one is Mystic.
3: Mystic? Mystic forever, baby.
1: Forever. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say seagulls. That's a good one. But the next one is gross New York. Ugh. Uh, I'll say trash can. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Love it. I would have also accepted dumpster with that one. Uh, the final <laughs> one is free jacks. Free Jacks winners. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. That's exactly but what we need people But also, with think. Free Jacks, you got huzzah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's your warm-up. I'm going to need you to be a little bit louder in oh, three, two, one. Huzzah. huzzah! Huzzah, Rangers. This is Phil Harris here at the Jacks Rangers Show. I'm joined, as always, with my boy Bozo. Well, not always, but sometimes he's here with me. And also, we've got the newly acquired Connor Keys. Connor was traded to New England on August the 15th from Atlanta. Atlanta received uh, salary cap considerations for 23 and 24, as well as the 24 third round pick for New England. Connor and Bozo, how the hell are y'all?
5: Yeah, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Really excited to be here. I
0: really got to work out this shine on my forehead, Phil. It's killing me. It's all <laughs> I can it. see when I when I stare Try at the screen. <laughs>
1: yeah. Let me. We got to get you a a Jacks Rangers hat, my friend, so you can wear that. Yeah, that's fair.
0: I do. I have the beanie, but it's too warm right that's now. Right. Yeah. Weird, yeah too so. warm
1: for that. It's a bit humid outside here in New England right now. Um, where are you from, Connor?
5: Uh, from Stittsville, Ontario. So it's just a a small town just outside of Ottawa just inside Ottawa, depending on who you ask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's where I grew up playing rugby and playing hockey and I've kind of lived here my whole life.
1: Very good. So you're a hockey guy. I mean, obviously Canada known for hockey, but they play a little rugby there as well. Tell us your origin story with rugby. How did you find rugby as a youth?
5: Yeah, so uh, my, my mom and dad were born in Scotland. Um, so mm-hmm. they had my older sister over there and then moved over here. So my dad played rugby kind of when he was going through university. Just picked it up as a, at club level and then started playing when he moved over here with a couple of the clubs here. Um, and then took me to a, a Churchill Cup game in 2006. Nice. Um, and, uh, yeah, I was 10, and he just kind of asked me if I enjoyed it and asked me if I wanted to sign up. And, and I started then, and then kind of the rest is history. I always played in the summers.
1: That's awesome, man. Um, so, for everybody that might be watching this right now, it's not going to be good for the podcast. But if you want to throw your questions in, we will uh, throw them to Connor. It's for him to answer those. We are live right now across all of our social media platforms. Um, what was going through your mind? I mean, you're you were you've been into the, the league for a while now. You've always been in Atlanta, I believe. What was going through your mind when you heard that you had been traded to New England?
5: Yeah, obviously, I was really excited. Um, you know, it's a it's a new opportunity and you know, I'm going to a team that um, is probably at the same spot that Atlanta was in after the expansion, and you know, it's not necessarily the first first year in the league, which is really exciting. Like you guys, like New England's pretty well established, and you can kind of mm-hmm. see that in the season last year and how well everyone performed. Um, so that was I was really excited to go to a team that's you know, especially again like the last season, you know, had a great season and they're on a bit of a roll, mm-hmm. and it's nice to hopefully just be able to slide right into the group of guys there and 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 keep going with that momentum
1: for sure yeah we were excited to get the news i think it seems like every friday we've got trade uh information coming through here you know prior to you we had andrew quatran another canadian announce and then we've got you who knows what's going to happen this friday we'll sit we'll have to wait and see but it's all very encouraging stuff you know we've had three key departures um, at the beginning of this whole thing in the offseason for the Free Jacks. One of them a huge bummer, obviously, with Bodine Walker leaving. But you guys coming into the fold here is very is very exciting stuff. It's got me fired up for sure. Um, you know, as you were saying, you know, New England had a great year last year, didn't end well, of course. Um, yeah. Sorry to bring that up to everybody that's listening and watching out there, but uh, it, it did happen. But New England is kind of developing into Canada South uh, with all the <laughs> Canadian players in the squad. Have you heard from those guys and how excited are you to link up with them?
5: Yeah, I'm really excited. Um, obviously, Josh being a, being a good friend of mine from the Canadian setup and, and being a leader in New England since it started. Mm-hmm um you know he's always been you know i don't really take him to say or for saying things that he doesn't mean and uh he always talked really highly of the culture and the guys and, and kind of the group we have there and anytime we get together with the canadian team everyone usually has a bit of a, a whinge and a, and a sap about some of the things that are going on and you know josh really never had anything to complain about is what as far as i can see so you know that's always a good sign and so i was reaching out to him kind of when new england was on the table and, and seeing what he what he thought and then um when Andrew Quachin got traded, he's, he's a really good buddy of mine as well, and yeah. I had mentioned to him that, you know, New England was on the table for my trade talks and stuff like that, so he was texting me, like, every day, basically, being like, yo, have you got it sorted yet, you know, have you Love figured it. it out, so, um, you know, going in with, a, you know, a couple of guys, and then Regan and I played in our 20s together, Regan O'Gorman. Gorman, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. um, and same kind of thing, so I'm, I'm really excited to get get involved with and get amongst it with, with those guys, and then. Obviously, the other guys you played against, you kind of have a, a respect for from on the field. And, and, you know, they're always good guys afterwards and stuff. So I'm pretty excited for all that.
1: For sure, man. It's it's, it's, it's exciting to see all of these Canadian players coming into the Free Jacks. I've told um, all of our uh, people that are in the Outrider chat, including Bozo, that I'm totally cool with the Canadians coming in as long as USA continues to beat Canada in rugby. <laughs> I'm good with it, man. Uh, you guys can be Free Jacks, but uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, fair play. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, you know, talking about that trade, um, were you among uh, the players that were able to experience Fort Quincy um, while, when Atlanta came up here and, and visited?
5: Yeah, that was uh, that was also another kind of key factor. Was the uh, the game day atmosphere in New England is yeah. incredible. I, I, I like to think there was a really good one in Atlanta as well. But you know, when we played that game, especially at the end of the season, there uh, when it was nine seven. The, the final mm-hmm. score. Like I thought that was one of the best games we had played all year. And, and the fans really kind of brought it in. Um, mm-hmm. My parents actually made the drive down for that game and they were, they were oh, pretty nice. amazed at uh, uh, basically the atmosphere of the field. And so when I told my dad that uh, he was pretty excited as well, cause he, he might get to come down and catch, catch a couple more games. That's I think great. his only, his only complaint was that the beer tent was a little bit too far from the stands.
1: Yeah. But, that's uh, one of the things that I mean, they have to correct. Yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah, you I know, the, it could be worse, right? Yeah. Bring back the
0: beer boys. Bring back the beer boys. That's what I'm going to say. Beer here. Toss it yeah, yeah. the, hand, the hand comes up. Yeah.
1: A, I mean,
5: there's a couple of places where it's, it's you know, they don't even have beer sales at the games and stuff. So, yeah. Hoboken, you know, New you, Jersey
1: being one of them. Yeah. yeah so, if, Awful, so, if you right. have to
5: walk, just,
1: you know, it's better than not having it at all. Exactly. Yes, sir. That yeah. um, really
5: won't affect me too much on game day, I hope. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so especially no while you're about. playing, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously we're talking about the, um, the atmosphere at Fort Quincy, the Free Jack fans. We bring it every single home game and even some away games that we make it to we're, we're very vocal and we pride ourselves on being intimidating to opposition and making sure that they they know that we are there in the stand. So yeah, it's very encouraging to see that, you know, you appreciated that. And that's a factor uh, for you to come to New England. What has yeah. been your conversations like with performance director Tom Kindley and head coach Scott Matthew? Have you spoken with both of them?
5: Yeah, so I, I spoke to Tom quite a bit kind of leading up to the trade. Um, mm-hmm. Just seeing, you know, basically where the team's at from, from the off season and all that stuff because obviously I'm not too dialed in with some of the moves they were making before I, mm-hmm. I, I made the team. And um, so I, that was always good. You, you know, he had a lot to say about, you know, where they were going and some of the changes they're making and all that stuff. So that was exciting. And then I talked to Scott this morning um, nice. actually – uh, phone call from South Africa. There, we just we just kind of caught up, and he wanted to hear, kind of you know where I'm at and how excited, like basically what what I'm hoping to bring to the table, and then he kind of gave me a couple of his expectations as well, and uh, I I was really happy to see kind of how they aligned, um, and kind of from what he what he thought of me and how I'm going to fit into the team, uh, was pretty exciting, obviously from hearing that from a coach. So um, I'm really excited to work work with both of them kind of going forward.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, we're super excited to have you on the Free Jacks. Um, your Canadian compatriot, Andrew Quatran, confirmed on this show in episode 51 that you he would be regrowing his mullet uh, that was so famous in previous seasons. Um, any possibility of a wild hairstyle for yourself planned uh, you know, when you join up with the squad next season? Because we've got some guys with famous hairdos. Yeah, no, I know. Well, I mean,
5: I did have a mullet for a little bit as well. Um, mm-hmm. There's no way I'm competing with Kyle's. <laughs> so, uh, I'm going to have to come up with something something new, I guess. I'm more of I I'm, I'm more of the mustache guy. I am bringing the mustache to the table. I was yeah, going to say the mustache it. game
0: was very strong. Yes. Yeah, very yeah. There. yeah.
5: Yeah, I mean, obviously I can't uh I can't compete with Kyle's mullet at all. So, um <laughs> it's a it's a good one. So, uh, I'm I'm interested to see how Q does it. You know, the two of them in the front row will be quite a look. It's
1: going to be good. Um, it's going to be but, real
5: good. But uh, yeah, I mean, we'll see if I can grow the hair long enough to get a mullet going before the season starts, but uh, I'm there not sure if we'll get there.
1: We'll see what happens. I'm going to let Bozo take over for now.
0: Yeah, I get excited about haircuts, man. As you can clearly see, haircuts <laughs> are my thing. Lo- loving the hair. Um, but no, I mean, uh, so in our in our Outriders chat, Phil had mentioned you know me, him, and Dave and and Dan from Quincy, whose real name is Dave. You'll you'll figure that out. Uh, we always bantering it up. Uh, have you and I always refer to Atlanta as our deranged cousins because of the shared ownership there. Has there yeah. been any banter from them coming in like hey, see you soon, buddy or all this other stuff being uh, being in the not, east?
5: Not quite yet, but uh, I know a lot of like, a lot of the boys are pretty excited and I'm, I'm pretty excited to uh, to play against them next year like obviously spending three years there and we've, we had kind of the same core group of guys for the majority of the years. Um, I'm really excited to then get to get a chance to play against them and, and uh, after knowing them for so long, kind of bring that on. And I'm sure there'll be, uh, you know, more chirps as we get closer to it because uh, a lot of the guys I'm, I'm pretty close with still. So I'm excited for that as it's going forward
0: yeah it's, it's been good as a fan uh, and i'm sure phil will echo this like to see i mean obviously a lot of you guys already know each other like you'd already mentioned you knew josh and andrew from from the canadian setup and other and other players like regan you'd played with before so it's just interesting to always find out when we do these interviews like just how far back some of the players go and you guys know each other quite well uh because obviously there's not super huge media coverage from like espn and stuff so there's not mm-hmm. a lot of like the storylines someone would have to kind of do the digging and understand that, oh all these guys are Canadian so they probably have played to you know on the national team together so it's good good to always hear those stories uh but another uh kind of off a rugby subject like what do you do outside of rugby like when you're not playing pro rugby what are you doing
5: uh in season uh it's a lot of netflix uh video <laughs> games and and uh i uh, i also play guitar as well so i try to get all three of those in at some point usually wind down the night with netflix um and uh basically just kind of doing that and i'm a I know Josh is a big coffee shop guy, but I also love visiting uh, coffee shops from here and there and just kind of spending spending some time there, you know, a bit of reading and, and just kind of relaxing and switching off from rugby. Those are kind of my outlets. And then in the off-season, it's it's a lot of golf, um, a lot nice. of golf and, and chilling, and, and usually try to get back to work somewhere, just doing some some labor jobs somewhere just to stay busy and, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, not waste away on a couch on the off-season. And so that's kind of what I've been doing this, this off-season, which is nice, but... Um, yeah, it's a, it's a lot of golf when we're not playing rugby. <laughs>
0: yeah if i mean and and phil we've we've talked about this before as well like yeah. if we all had the chance to be pro rugby players we most certainly would and it's like and if that's the primary focus that's awesome and we love the fact that mlr is here to give you guys at least for a certain port of the portion of the year like a professional outlet to do that um so hey i usually ask players if they're ready for the new england winter this is like my big question <laughs> obviously you're from north of where we're at so like i always say like hey when you come up to new england you're actually coming down and then to make matters even like more complicated with the cold i believe it's colder where you are not just because you're north but also because of that great lakes kind of vibe all that weather coming in there so yeah one of of the
5: facts i mean i don't know for sure if this is you know 100 true but it's a fact that you know lots of Ottawa people will tell you is that we're actually technically the coldest capital in the world the coldest capital city in the world um which is you know we get quite a, a span of temperature um, so the summers obviously get really hot here with all the lakes and then, you know, on the flip side, it gets really cold in the winter. Um, but it's something I've actually missed quite a bit, um, obviously going to Atlanta in December, right. yeah. in January, you know, it's, it's still cold down there. You don't get any snow and then, right. you yeah, know, that's something I kind of miss. Um, so getting back into maybe seeing a bit of snow would be really good for, for where I'm at. I, I kind of miss it. It's been, it's been a couple of years since I've really had a, a lot of snow in my winter.
0: I'm really happy to hear that because as a part-time resident of the state of Georgia myself, I spent some time down there. It was, uh, I did not like it. I don't know how people live down there. Like, it's yeah. just insane. I, I was down there from the from the midsummer all the way clear through to the spring, and it was just garbage the entire time. I just, there was nothing good about it. I just didn't like
1: it
5: at
0: all. <laughs>
1: the humidity is awful, man. It, it's, yeah, the, it's a killer.
5: Yeah, the humidity was really getting me. It was actually kind of a challenge at the end of the season to try and keep weight on after a training session, like some of the bigger boys, we always got together and, you know, basically would go for you know a massive smoothie from Smoothie King or something just to just to try and put on a little extra weight or, you know, we'd have an extra meal together and stuff just because like you just sweat it all out during mm-hmm. a training session. Obviously, you don't want to lose too much weight, especially when it comes down to crunch time at the end of the season. Yep.
0: Yeah, I definitely lost a lot of weight when I was down there. It wasn't fun uh, on our last episode uh, the performance director, Tom kindly, I had asked him, I was like, you know, he was talking about bringing in and onboarding new players. And as a joke question, I asked him if there was like any kind of cold weather prep. Cause he, you know, and he had said that all the Southern hemisphere guys, uh, uh, you know, have trouble coming up. They just wear like a sweatshirt and they think it's cool getting off the plane in, in Boston in January. Um, but being basically a cold weather expert kind of, uh, he said that they were looking to appoint someone. Can you round up the Canadian <laughs> boys and maybe teach these guys what's up with cold yeah, weather?
5: Absolutely. Yeah. I- I know. I, I always get the, obviously you always get the, the jokes about being Canadian, how you, know, you don't get cold and, you know, we're, we're pretty used to it, but, you know, I think most of it just comes from experience and being prepared for all of it. You know, like we're not outside in the t-shirt when it's cold. We right. always have a, you know, the right winter jacket and, you know, we, the right boots and stuff and you just kind of make it work. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'll get the Canadian boys together and we'll maybe get a little class going in, in between one of the sessions and just teach them what they, teach them what they need to know. The cold
0: yeah, the boys. boys. Yeah. The yeah, cold boys. <laughs> yeah. The cold boys. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, uh, obviously you were with Atlanta, but when we played Toronto at home, our first home ma- match last season, there was, it was snowing. And I, yeah, I think a lot of the, going. Yeah. A lot of the foreign players in the free jacks had mentioned later on that that was the first time, not that the first time they'd ever seen snow, but the first time they'd ever played in snow. And they were like, they thought it was insane.
1: So yeah. yeah, yeah I'm they glad you're
0: well-prepared. <laughs> But see yeah, now with all this Canadian talent, we're well prepared. We're steeled up for those March games. We're gonna yeah. crush some people. Hell yeah,
5: we hope hope so. Yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. And then so one um, of my other, my questions are kind of all over the place here. But like, if you could have any skill set and like any kind of like body type of uh, playing rugby, like what position would you play?
5: Ooh, that's hard because I've only ever really known second row. Um, I think you know maybe if I was a little bit faster, I'd take playing uh, blindside flanker. I think mean, that's uh, – I've had a couple opportunities to play there. and um, It's something that I'm kind of working on, building the skills towards being a blindside flanker. I know I'll never get there, but if I get close, it'll be fun. Um, nice. But, uh, yeah, I'd say that's probably my most fun. I think you, you kind of have the the least hardcore responsibility on the field, Then you just get to kind of go out and hit things and insert yourself where you want and, and kind of be able to play if you want on the outside channels or the inside of the field. But kind of the way my career has gone, I've been a, a second row line out calling kind of guy. So, you know, there's a little bit of responsibility from the line out calling that you need to you need to wear if it goes if it goes good or bad. So I would say playing blindside flanker would be uh would be mine.
0: Yeah, I think at listed you were you're listed on the sheet at six foot six, so I think your your destiny was already foretold
5: with that, unfortunately, with the second <laughs> yeah, round. Yeah, no, I've never uh I've never really made it out. They, I was a bit of a beanpole my first play first kind of time playing rugby. I was pretty tall but but pretty skinny before I kinda of filled out and they, they put me out in the back so I was an inside center. Told my dad that he didn't quite like it too much. He's <laughs> he's your old school second row as well. So Nice. Um, once they found out that I'm not you know, I don't have the highest top speed in the world, they uh, I got kicked yeah. to the forwards and, and it's never been ever been looking back from there.
0: I feel like even if you had a good top speed at 6'6, six, six, they'd be like, hey, son, it's yeah, time. Yeah, <laughs> they just yeah, bring yeah. you like, Exactly. Move yeah, you so over. Was, so I
5: didn't really have much of a shot.
0: Yeah. Well, hey, second row is a good place to be. Oh, I love it. Time, yeah. Yeah. I, no, I, love I think
1: it. all of our guys that are a part of the Jack's Ranger show in terms of creators and outriders, we've all played second row at some point or another, including Dave, who started out as yeah. a second Roman. Uh, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. No,
5: I, I've, I've always enjoyed playing second row. It's, it's kind of something that it's kind of a part of the identity now, but you know, I, it's, it's a position I really enjoy on the field. So, I mean, I can't, I can't, I
0: can't, I can't remember. Are you a taped ears guy or are you a scrum cap guy?
5: Uh, I would be taped ears if, if I needed it. Um, But I, I tend not to unless they're, they're hurting me a bit, unless I've done something to them in the, in the week prior and they, and they've mushroomed up a little bit. But uh, at the moment, you know, after, I played uh, played a year in England, and they both kind of got pretty mushroomed up up there. So you know they're pretty hard, and so I don't really need it anymore. You know, nice. you might see it a couple of times during the season, but um, yeah, for the most part, it's just just oh naturale. Nice. We're
0: what Dave would you say you're... in you... here? Sorry. Oh, send it. Yeah, send it.
1: The fastest player on my club for a couple of years was a second rower. I find that hard <laughs> to believe. A
0: Stride length. It's stride length. Yeah. If he can move his feet, that stride length he covers yeah. distance. That's why you oh, say really? both was so fast.
5: Yeah, I'm sure there's a couple out there, but uh, unfortunately, that's not me. I don't it think I'll be the fastest. I don't think I'll be the either. fastest guy on the Free Jacks this year. I don't. Uh, <laughs> I don't see that happening.
0: You're out of the competition already. Yeah, yeah.
5: Right. I mean, well, I'll push the guys and I'll I'll make a joke out of it, but uh, I think we'd be in danger if I was the fastest guy.
0: It's fair. That's fair. So, uh, what do you think is your greatest strength as a rugby player?
5: I uh, I think it's my work rate is is mine. I think um, just uh, you know, there's no my old man kind of brought in that to me when I was playing hockey and, and playing rugby, he, he didn't really care if you know I missed the skill or, you know, kind of messed up on, you know, things like that. He, he only really got after me if I didn't work hard, if I was being lazy playing hockey or rugby. Um, so that's kind of something that's been built into me for a little bit. So, um, you know, if I, if I have a game where there's a clip with me being a little lazy Old oh, man, will bring it up to me. And he'll, you know, he'll say, you know, you, you missed this because you didn't work hard enough early. It wasn't a skill thing. It was, you did get there in time, or you didn't, you didn't work as hard as you could have there. Um, and that's kind of something that's been passed on to me. I think my dad's the hardest worker I've ever seen. So um, I, I, I'd say that's my, my top skill.
0: And then for the 2022 offseason, then heading the free and maybe a little bit, I'm sure maybe you touched on this with coach Matthew. What are the things you're working on improving the most, like to up your game?
5: Uh, for me, it's it's um, still working on putting on a little bit more size um, and keeping my speed and, and fitness at the same level. I was, I was pretty happy with where my fitness was at during the season. Um, and Towards the end of the season, like I was saying, my, my, my weight tailored or tapered off a little bit. Nothing, nothing to be worried about, but um, when I was at the World Cup, my weight was 118 kilos, and uh, I was moving pretty good back then, but not as good as I am now, so now it's just trying to get my weight back up there with where I'm at. Um, and then just some line-out work, some speed across the ground, a little bit of footwork stuff, um, just making me a little bit more of a, a dynamic threat, um, turn, you know, ball carries and line-out stuff. Um, but that's it, they kind of aligned with the same things that I'm working on with the Canadian team as well. So I, I've already got I've already been having the programming for that. So once uh, once I get kind of the two S&C coaches, you know, the Canadian and the and New England one together, I'm sure they'll, they'll put a good program together for me for that.
0: Sounds good. And then the last one for me, favorite mlr moment so far
5: oh um there's a there's been a couple i got kind of lucky in atlanta they going to go into the finals there last season you know obviously we didn't win but that was that was an, an incredible experience in itself um and then i think just the rivalry we have between the toronto team and atlanta you know winning the fire and ice cup last season we won in the last play of the game um I, you know, I was you know really good friends with a lot of guys on the toronto team so and they are living down in Atlanta. I don't think I could, uh, I could have lived with all the chirps that would have heard if they, if they had won. So that was probably, <laughs> that was probably pretty up there as a, as a highlight moment for me. You know,
0: nice. That's another thing we, that we love about this competition. And I don't know if you've gotten stuck in with the boys and the Free Jacks, but there's a couple of things I think that uh, that we do. Obviously, the rivalry with New York, Boston is huge, yeah. and then uh, we have the Coffee Cup with Seattle. I think a lot of these things they don't, they don't publicize on the social media because of like you know, sponsorship issues or whatever, like it's, you know, Starbucks versus Dunkin's. I can say that. I was going to say
5: the Duncan Starbucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a couple
0: of other rivalries.
5: Yeah. And I'm, I'm really excited for the, for the Boston, New York rival. Um, Oh yeah. You know, I was, I always went to, uh, you know, for a couple summers there, we were going down to Maine, uh, old orchard beach down there in Maine. And we would take the train into Boston for the day and go catch a Red Sox game. So I've been a Red Sox fan since I was a young guy. Um, Love to hear it, the city man. of Boston. So, um, obviously, being a Boston fan, you can't hit, you can't like New York. And, you that's know, right. Bruins are up there for some of my favorite hockey teams as well. Um nice. You know, one, one of my heroes got traded there when I was young from Ottawa. So, I, I always had a soft spot for Boston.
1: Santero um, Charles,
5: That's the one, yeah. Ah, yeah. 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 I was Jersey in my
1: closet right now. Yeah,
5: right. I, I have a Jersey as well from when he played for the Sens. Love uh, it. Didn't quite get the Boston one. So, uh, I've always had a, a good spot for Boston and, you know, can't be a Boston fan and then also be a New York fan. So exactly. no, It
0: doesn't work no. like that. No. It's, no, oil, it's those... oil and water like that. Exactly, yeah. Actually, I think
5: what I was going to mention earlier when you were talking about you know Fort Quincy, I think the second year we were in the league, the, the first full season we had at the end of the season, we played you guys in the last game.
1: Mm-hmm. And
5: we were going to play New York in the Eastern Conference uh, finals right. there. And as we were walking off the field all year, the, the chant was, beat New York. And I was like, I've yeah. never seen a fan base so loud for another team to beat New York. I guess not even their own team, and they're just, you know, this is an incredible amount of support just from, you know, a rival team. I was like, this is incredible. And that's kind of like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the the mark of a good fan base. For sure. To say that we're
0: crazy and obsessed is like, is not doing it justice. We are insane.
1: Yeah.
5: Yeah, no, I've never, ever had a team cheer for us as we're walking off the field at an away game. And that was that was incredible because yeah, during the game they were not cheered for us.
1: <laughs> <Nope>. no. <laughs> no, no, absolutely not.
0: Now Phil sits in section five. If you need to find him in the stands, you can see him in the top right corner there as you're looking at it. So yeah,
1: yeah, that's me. Yeah, the, normally like the tallest guy around, in the, the, uh, yeah, the center of the yeah, the center of the stands. Exactly. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. So um, I did want to follow up here. Dave had uh, mentioned that uh, it took him 40 yards to get to top speed was the only problem for the, you know, the galloping giraffe there on his team previously. Yeah. He did have a question that I wanted to uh, circle back to. He says, welcome Perfect. to New England. What will you miss about Atlanta?
5: Uh, well, there's I think there's lots of things to miss about Atlanta. Like like I said, I've been there for three years, so a lot of my relationships with the guys down there are pretty close and pretty tight-knit. So mm-hmm. I'd say those are, those are probably some of the things. That, and I, I was even really close with the coaches um they're they're great coaches they're really good for me they're they um they really helped me out um especially this move in the offseason you know they kind of understood what was going on between all that and they were they were happy to to help me out and make sure that I was going to a place that I wanted um so I, I have nothing but respect for the two coaches they're they're, they're great guys so I, I'd say probably just the relationships in the in the culture that we had in Atlanta uh, something I'm missing obviously I'm really excited because I've, I've heard nothing but good things about the culture in New England so those are you know, that was something that was really important to me when I was trying to figure out which team I was going to. And, uh, you know, talking, like I said, with Josh and, and those guys, you know, they have a really good culture. So I wasn't too I'm not worried about it at all. But that's probably what I'll miss most about Atlanta.
1: For sure. Yeah, it's I've been there many, many times. I'm originally from North Carolina. So there's a bit of a there. Look, there you go. Yeah. yeah, that, yeah. The Coca-Cola, huh? The Coca-Cola plant. Yeah, yeah. that's a, actually a really awesome place to go in Atlanta. There, are the Coca-Cola plant. But um,
5: as yeah, a Charlotte was...
1: guy. Yeah, sorry.
5: I was just going to say, that was something we did the first year um, with a couple of our guys. We went down and I was like, this is incredible. I didn't even, I had no idea, but you know, it's hard hard to find any Pepsi products in Atlanta. (laughs) That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's something I'm kind of excited for, you know, just a change of, uh, (laughs) change of soft drinks when I get, when I have a cheat meal every now and then.
1: There you go. Nice uh pepsi originally from north carolina that's where i'm from so charlotte and um atlanta have a rivalry going on as like the biggest you know uh southern cities i guess and the sports teams don't like each other either so i've always hated atlanta uh for (laughs) those reasons and stuff like that but uh, let's talk about real quick here um we always like to do this with our international uh players that come on even though you're considered a domestic uh, qualified player in mlr uh give us a boston accent if you can muster one up here <laughs> oh uh you mean like talking like packing the car and having it, a yeah. it's not bad well,
0: whoa not bad. whoa 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 this could be hot take here that could be the best one yet <laughs> I, that think was yeah, pretty
1: I think yeah. the 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 uh, summer uh, trips in maine and, and down to finway kind of help him a little bit there yeah
5: yeah it, it also helps that the town and uh goodwill hunting are kind of two of my top 10 movies so you know the go. town's a yeah. good one for trying to get oh, the, yeah, the so accent good. so yeah. Yeah, I like sure. the first question my dad asked me when I saw it, when I said I was going to New England he's asked me if I was going to live in Southie. Uh, so, <laughs> oh jeez. Nice. I don't I don't think that's that's on the table. We'll,
1: we'll find out. I mean, I don't really I, mean, a... I think so. I think that one of their houses in, is in Dorchester and I believe that's as oh. Southie as it gets, right? Uh, Bozo? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Me? I was
0: an, I was an East Boston guy when I yeah. lived there. I have no idea about the South <laughs> end. We live,
1: uh, both of us live in uh, New Hampshire. So we're like, what? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No cities
0: yeah. out here. I oh, got
1: yeah, no yeah.
5: I think, I think we'll probably be closest to Quincy as possible. I'd imagine. So
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, one of the last things that we like to do on the show is what's called one word association. This is sponsored by our friends at storm along. This is mass appeal. Uh, Bozo. I know that you like this one. Um, actually, or I don't know if you, this is. I think this is your least favorite uh, offering that Stormalong has. But I will say that it's my girlfriend. Red skies favorite. at night.
0: Red skies at night. Red skies noise. at night. That's it's... the second least, but that one's good. I like it. It's yeah. nice. They're all good. Yeah. They're all good.
1: They're all amazing. Is the, is what I wanted to say there. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to say one word, and or maybe two words, and the first thing that comes into your mind, oh, just throw it back at me, okay? All right. The first one is going to be easy. It's Canada.
5: Uh Tim Hortons.
1: <laughs> that is so true you see them everywhere in Canada They're like Dunkin Donuts around here. yeah I, mean,
5: I worked in Tim Hortons for a bit so I've always got a uh, in high school so you know that's kind of kind of got a soft spot for that
1: when Caitlin and I went to uh see the Free Jacks play up in Toronto we went there every single morning I loved it I loved yeah, it there um the next one the next <laughs> one is Atlanta uh heat <laughs> yeah I, I would say humidity but yeah it's it's yeah, hot as hell heat, there humidity
5: <laughs> yeah, you know, I I that the temperatures they're at, it's it's pretty much potato tomato there.
1: For sure. Yeah. Uh the next one is Josh Larson.
5: Second row partner.
1: Yeah. yeah. yeah the next we, one we, is t- hockey. Sorry. Um childhood. Boston. Bruins. Final one is Free Jacks. Uh <laughs> First word that came to me was rivalry,
5: but that's only because I'm just still getting new to, still getting new to being a free jack, I guess. So
1: that's all right, man. Uh, now just gotta text on all the
0: deranged cousins and
1: tell them, yeah. them exactly. Deranged. That they're deranged cousins like
0: now. They're deranged. Yeah,
1: they're deranged. All right, that's all that we have got for the one word association. I wanted to open up the floor for you, um, Connor, to speak directly to the free Jacks fans, the Rangers, as we like to call them. Um, what would you like to say to them going into yeah, the just, all season here?
5: I'd say I just uh, I'm really excited to, to join up with the team after, you know, we got a couple of things with international duties and then I'm coming down for a little bit before the preseason really starts just to, to get my feet in the water. But I'm really excited to be uh, part of the, the Boston sports landscape as well. It's something that, you know, it's it's pretty pretty high up there in terms of uh, sports cities, I'd say, in the world. So I'm really excited mm-hmm. to be part of that and, and to kind of get stuck in next season and, and hopefully bring bring the shield back.
1: That would be fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's go. Yeah. Um, hopefully, we can get over that hump uh, with the Eastern Conference Finals and make it to the finals this year. That's that's kind of what I'm hoping for. But we'll see what happens. Great year mm-hmm. last year. Just gotta, you know. Take that next step but um appreciate you coming on here i know connor that you're going to be a key factor for us going forward with the free jacks um we like to say one word to exit the video we actually always say it in the stands every time the free Jacks score a try we've got dave who's not on the video right now that was uh sending some questions your way he's got a huzzah sign that he holds up so we're going to say huzzah in three two one Huzzah! Yeah. Huzzah! All right, Rangers. Tell us how we did. Send us an email at jacksrangersshow at gmail.com. Interact with us on social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Make sure you're liking and commenting on our graphics and everything else that we post on there. We would greatly appreciate it. If you want to help out the show in any other way, we do have a merch store at jacksrangers.com that you can check out. Also, if you want to give us a five-star review, that would be fantastic on whatever whatever podcasting platform that you're listening to this on. Make sure that you are continuing to ride along with us as we put out at least one more episode in the month of September and then from there we will see what happens in October at least one episode going forward until we reach the preseason did want to quickly mention if you're missing your rugby Mystic River which is the development slash feeder club for the Free Jacks has kicked off their season with a week one win over White Plains the next game that they have up is this coming weekend at home in Malden that will be against the New York Athletic Club at 1 p.m. at Pine Banks Park in Malden. Hope to see all of the Rangers out there on September the 17th. There will be a Jacks Rangers show presence at that game, cheering on our boys in blue, the feeder club of the Free Jacks, Mystic River. Go goals. With that being said, I appreciate everybody that's been listening here in the off season. Hopefully there'll be some more signings announced for the free jacks obviously we've got josh larson back in the fold the captain of the free jacks hoping to see more player signings and of course we have all of the management team returning for next year exciting times to be a free jack fan for sure so saddle up let's ride huzzah Woo!